Hello and welcome to Terrifying Robot Dog. I'm Jonathan Stark. I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about how technology is changing the way we interact with the world. This week, intelligent uniforms. Black Mirror just gets realer and realer every month. Please stay tuned. Terrifying Robot Dog is next. Welcome. Yes. Um, sorry about last week. Yes, housekeeping. Yeah, we, we forgot that you all existed. <laughs> um, we forgot. I, I had a stomach. I had a stomach bug, and I was in bed. Oh, uh, and I'm a space case. So those two things in combination. Mm-hmm. Meant there was no episode. Yes. But we're back. So yes, hopefully you missed us when we were gone, dear listener. Uh, but we're back and better than ever. With... I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> <laughs> it's a low bar. I mean, let's it, be honest. Uh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the Chinese government con- continues to take the cake in leveraging inexpensive smartphone technology to track its citizens and, mm-hmm. and machine learning and AI and proliferate of cameras and social media yeah. and so on and so forth. Like every every awesome tech innovation that is changing the world is, you know, it can be put to different applications depending on your desired outcome. It can be. <laughs> Got to start them on that social credit score when they're young. Yeah. So they'll be good at it when they're older. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're referring quickly to this to the social credit score, Chinese government gamification of behavior where your behavior is tracked in a variety of different ways, including uh, public cameras with facial recognition to, you know, reward you or penalize you for good or bad behavior. And uh, good or bad being highly subjective. Yeah. Well, yeah. Good or bad based on who says, and then the, and the penalties are, it's like a classic case of like the penalty makes it hard to reform, you know, like, yeah. Oh, you can no longer relax playing video games. You can no longer you can, travel to another place to get a different job. You can never. Yeah, you can no longer use public transit. Yeah. Right. Things so like it's kind of like just cut to the chase and like line them up against the wall. You know what I mean? Like, ugh. anyway. So, anyway, as Americans, we're like, you know, it's like the opposite of what you would think the American <laughs> approach is, although that's in question. Speaking uh-huh. of walls. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, sorry, we're getting there pretty quick. But this is a government thing and it is a tech, <laughs> it's it's a government thing, so obviously we're going to talk about government stuff. But the latest and greatest is that uh, Chinese schools, I, I think it said since 2016. Yeah, and it's 10 of them. 10 schools, I guess it's a part of a pilot program. Pilot program that provides two uniforms for kids that have two separate chips that indicate, uh, it's basically GPS. GPS positioning, yeah, and like GPS and geofencing around the school and and that sort of thing. Right, and in concert with facial recognition technology at the school, And I guess, I think also some kind of activity tracking, because it said they can detect if students fall asleep in class. Mm -hmm. Which, okay, I, I mean, they have a picture of a kid in a uniform. I don't know if it's the uniform. It appears to be, you know, it's got sort of, um, I don't know, it could be the actual uniform and I'm getting sort of turtlenecky. It's like a tracksuit with sort of turtleneck collar when it's zipped up. And I don't know, maybe when their head, how, how does it know when they're falling asleep? Whatever. I don't know. No. So I don't know, maybe like a, like, I don't know, like my fitness tracker has a heartbeat sensor and I know it tracks like pulse rate, but 
Yeah, so maybe it's tracking to make sure that yeah. everybody's in a high state of agitation. And if that decreases, <laughs> like, so you're too calm. Yeah, everyone's constantly nervous. You're rewarded for being nervous all the time. So, you know, there's the article goes on about it survives 500 washing cycles and temperatures of up to 300, you know, two degrees Fahrenheit. Doesn't cost any more than the normal school uniforms. They get, yeah. you said, two for summer and two for winter. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I mean, I, when I went to high school, I went to a Catholic high school, and mm-hmm. it was had a dress code. Right, we have a dress code, but no uniforms. We same same with us. So we had like a like a the other private schools near us have like a blade like a specific blazer or like skirt you have to wear. Mm-hmm. And but but our school was basically like uh, more general dress code, but you had to wear a coat like a sports coat and a tie and dress shoes and then there was a constant cat and mouse game about what exactly exactly was allowed because yeah. jeans were clearly out but it, like any kind of jean material was clearly out but then like you know i was in high school in the 80s and like parachute pants came out and it was like <laughs> like technically there's no rule right against this yeah there was always like one sacrificial lamb who would who'd sort of sheepishly come into the school wearing like parachute pants, like, uh, like MC hammer or something mm-hmm. <laughs> or like the, like, um, zippers all over them. And then they would be like, you know, I remember one particular situation where people were like pant, you know, after the zipper craze, people were like the, the, uh, edict came down like Harry Potter style, like Dolores Umbridge nailing, a nailing like an they, edict on the wall. Pants are to say they sent you a howler. Yeah. Right. Um, the, you know, that pants can, you know, you cannot wear pants with zippers on them. And everyone was like, what about the fly? You yeah, know exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. One <laughs> zipper max. Well, so some of them have zipper, you know, so we would constantly be, you know, so anyway, it's right. funny to think back on us being so just, hate, just hated the policy of being told what to wear. Yeah. Oh, I know. Kira, Kira is not fond of it either. And she's not a rebellious child, mm-hmm. but they'll have like, like a policy against like sleeveless shirts. So she'll go out in the summer when she's doing marching band and it's like a million degrees and she'll wear her shirt with sleeves and then roll them up. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so flip that coin. Like, okay, now not only you Are you know, wearing uniforms? Yeah, you're wearing uniforms that have like a find my eye student chip in them. <laughs> yeah. To show you on a map at all times. And of yes. course, of course, the company who created this stuff sort of hides behind the uh, the cloak safety. of safety. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's for safety purposes. Yeah. And of course, they have quotes in the article from parents about how they love this. They can be notified if their kids skip school. and Yeah. So we've, and we've had conversations about this before, mm-hmm. like years, probably years ago about, uh, more, more when this was cropping up with mobile phones and there were these applications that same thing, basically the same thing, but they basically, were in the phone yeah. and it was like, but, but like a kid is capable of shutting off their phone. Like they know how to, they know how to do that. And like, but it basically boils down to a trust or track. Yeah. And in my humble opinion, you know, raising kids, I, I feel like it's a self-defeating, I feel like tracking them is self-defeating because even if I thought it was fine, even if I was cool with it, I would be like, well, how are they going to learn how to control their behavior (laughs) on their own? Like I can't helicopter 
forever. Right, exactly. And yeah, I I am I'm a very firm fan of of trusting over tracking. But if you remember, I started paying for the AT&T family map tracking stuff mm-hmm. about the time that Kira started driving. Yeah. And it wasn't a matter of not trusting her. It was a matter of, oh, she's out operating a motor vehicle on the road. I want to be able to be, I want to know I can find her if something happens. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of months ago, AT&T, I think it's just last month, AT&T raised the price on that mm-hmm. from $9 a month to $14 a month. And that was apparently the point at which I said, <laughs> nah, I don't need this anymore. <laughs> and plus there's been, there's been a, a grace period sort of where she's. There, there has been. And actually she's, she, She's still still practicing and still needing more hours of practice, obviously, but she's turning into a very good driver. So my my level of nervousness about that has gone down significantly. So I'm just I it's I trust her, but it's in a different way. I trust her skills now, mm-hmm. whereas before it was just a thing she had to learn. Right. Yeah. I mean, so, but the so flip side, what do you do when you're governing 1.3 billion people and trying yeah, exactly. to like you know? So the thing is like. I don't know if we, we said it so much before the show. I'm not sure we said it. Yeah, I think I said it on the lead in. It's like, like Black Mirror is just, it's like the, those, the tech cycle mm-hmm. has become, the innovation cycle has become so fast. Like, think of how fast the Chinese government has run with this thing. I mean, this is a yeah, massive have, yeah. program. I'm yeah, t- and they've been doing it for a couple of years now. Mm. It's kind of impressive in a way. It's like, wow, how mm-hmm. did they, you know, like you think, I, tend to think of the government as something that moves very slowly and can't get things done quickly. And, you know, from growing up in the United States, it just feels like uh, everything's so deliberative. <laughs> Maybe it's just our government that does that. Well, and, and my brother's in politics. One of my brothers yeah. is in politics. And, and like whenever slow I bring on that, purpose. yeah, he's like, it's slow on purpose because if you get efficient, then you end up with, yeah, you know, I don't even want to bring it up, but you end up with bad things happening very quickly. Hmm. So it's just so shocking that, that I don't know. Well, I mean, you could argue that this is a bad thing happening very quickly. <laughs> I, I, it seems so. Here's the thing like, the, my reaction to it is kind of like uh, super naive. I've never been to China. Mm-hmm. I, I only have, I have very few friends or colleagues who are from China. So I don't really know what I'm, I, I'm, I don't have any idea what I'm talking about, but that's never right. stopped me before. No, you can't put it in the, in the, uh, the cultural context. Yeah, it's impossible. I mean, but, and and I'm not even like a big privacy person, like in the scheme of things in the Mm -hmm. United States, I'm not even that, like, I'm like, look, privacy's over. Yeah. I I, I don't even bother to obscure the who is information on my domain. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's just over. Like you have to, the, the opt out is so huge that you'd need to do Mm -hmm. that you just cut yourself out of, you cut yourself out of, you know, society and culture. It's like, Okay. But there are certain certain things that um, still would set off my alarm bells, like like this, like the go- mm-hmm. like something something about the combination of the government doing it, and I'm st- I'm starting to get even creeped out by private industry a little bit more. But yeah, or even if it was just like even if it was was. Well, I started to say just the school system as if they're not part of the government, but they're not mm-hmm. part of the you know, the lawmaking and enforcing part of the government. They're just a you know government funded ent- entity. But if, even if it was just like like just a school system doing it, if like like say Kira's school wanted to do this or wanted to give everyone issue everyone laptops, but they could look at what they they could turn on the webcam at any time. And, mm-hmm. and I believe that happened in a school a while back. I'm yeah. like, no. 
So I, I think your I, business. <laughs> yeah, I think it just I think I just realized what it, the difference is. So like for for me personally, is that mm-hmm. that the the stuff that a government can do because they have prisons and armies and police and is makes it a super um, sensitive situation for false positives or mm. overstepping or abuse. And it, so if you, th- if I think like, I was just thinking like, okay, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Google, of those four, I care the least about Amazon tracking me because uh-huh. they're the ones whose motivation I understand the most. They're just trying to sell more stuff. Yeah, that's a good, that's they're a good just point. trying to sell more stuff. They don't have an army. <laughs> they're not coming after me. And if they did have an army, then I would get, ner- then I would be like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah. And like they may one day have an army of delivery drones, but that just means you're going to get your stuff faster. <laughs> right. But of all of the, the four big ones, the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, as uh, uh, Scott Galloway calls them, the um, Google and Google and Facebook are the ones I'm least certain about. Correct. Yeah. Apple's just trying to sell hardware mm-hmm. and they're trying they're trying to change that now. But good luck with that. Yep. And yep. then Microsoft, Amazon just wants to sell everything. Yeah. They just want to sell everything. And like Microsoft wants to sell you. Microsoft's, a di- Microsoft's, they're sort of a wild card for me. They're still a gigantic company. Mm-hmm. You know, they wanted to sell licenses, whatever they're, whatever they're doing. But the, the four, Facebook, Google, Facebook, Apple, Google, and Amazon are like, you know, Facebook wants to sell ads. I get that. They want engagement so they can sell. They want eyeballs. Google is the least clear to me. Mm-hmm. I feel like Google just wants data. Right, but why? Because but why they, is it for their AI mastermind? Yeah, or? it seems like that's the obvious thing. And you know, Amazon just so and Apple wants to sell hardware, and and Amazon is like, like we just want to sell you stuff. Like we want to mm-hmm. sell you like cheap batteries. Like let's do yeah, it. Like let's we, we do want it, to make people. we don't make your life easier by selling you stuff you need, making it easy to buy stuff you need. Right. So it, none of that scares me. But as soon as like, as soon as like they've got an army, now all mm-hmm. of a sudden I'm like. You know, because we both have been building software for decades, and there's a lot of surprises <laughs> that happen yeah. when you're building a complex system. The like, never mind the sort of second and third order emergent properties. It's just flat wrong, like flat wrong. Like something just gets imported wrong, and the chart is wrong, and it's just like, I mean, who hasn't had some situation where like. Like if you ever go to Experian or one of those credit things and you're like, mm-hmm. and they email you and just like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to see like what's on that list of stuff, my transactions or whatever. And like they go through, right. it. they'll send you one of those things every 10 years or something like, did you ever live at this address? And I'm like, no, yeah, no, I never did. I don't even, I've never even lived in that state. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, never like forget about identity theft and, you know, like an ex-wife getting a mortgage with your name on it and without you knowing uh, which happens, but imagine like, imagine it's just like flat out wrong and yeah. and it affects yeah. your credit score. Something as like non-important as your credit score compared to like your freedom to move around. <laughs> like I had that, I had that happen recently. I was doing something. Um, it was something credit score related. I think I might've been, might've been looking up information after I had my credit frozen on like TransUnion or, or something like that after the Equifax security breach. Yeah. And it was like, to continue, it was, it was, it was a security check that they were doing. It says, to continue, select which of these three cities you once lived in. And I had lived in none of them. Mm. I'm just like, um, now I can't access my data <laughs> because you got it wrong. Ugh. It's brutal. 
So it, actually, that's a good choice of words. Pat myself on the back. Brutal is the <laughs> scary part. That's what's scary is that it's like I just use brutal as a sort of hyperbole. But it in a situation where the government's doing this stuff, that it's like mm-hmm. it becomes brutal. It's like or, or, that's the risk. You yeah. Know? And I guess that's why I feel that way about the school, too. Because, I mean, yeah, it's a school. It doesn't have an army or laws or anything like that. But when you're a kid, the school is a big authority. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but again, like, since neither of us is really, like, we just don't have the cultural context, it's, I, I don't, you know, it doesn't, you know, I, I uh, like, I can't even process it. It's like how, I, I almost said, you don't get the sense that there's outrage about it, but how would you even know? Yeah. It's not like the article's going to talk about it. But they did say, maybe this is true, maybe it's not true, but they did say about the social credit score that some, like, for the pilot program, something like 6 million people or 1.6 million people volunteered to start it early because they were Mm -hmm. like, oh, I want to start working on my score. And all of this stuff is like, I don't know if it's any more dystopian than anything else, but the, the quick iteration of technology... I mean, just wait till, like, okay, they probably could have tracked all of these kids by the phone in their pocket. Probably. And now the the uh, sensors and radios are implanted in their clothes, like not easily removed. And apparently there's also surveillance equipment in the school and like, facial recognition cameras in the school and things. Mm-hmm. So you can't just like take your uniform shirt off and swap it with someone else or, mm-hmm. or put on a different shirt because the cameras will know that. Right. It's, and it's, they don't even have to see your face, apparently. Yeah, they can tell by the way you walk. And it, and it's a pretty straight line from there to, like, implant it in your, the back of your neck or something, right? Yeah, it, like, is. it is. It is. Like, once you... What, I wonder what it would take. And there's we, we can't... Obviously, we can't answer this. I wonder what it would take for a populace, for this particular populace to rebel. Like, what does rebellion against this look like? Like... Could you opt out? Is opt out mean not going to a school, being like homeschooled or something? Like what? Yeah, is it? and I mean, I mean, I mean, my first thought was like, well, okay, you can't take your thing off, but can you find it in your fabric and in the fabric of the clothing and subtly cut it out? What's the, yeah? What's the penalty? Like what? Yeah, but then what happens if you do? Then 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 they just know, oh, you're you're not where you're supposed to be. So then because they can't track it, and then you're penalized for that. Right. Like, I don't know. Is this just like yeah. one of those in the United States, like on your, it's going to go on your permanent record. Like, does it, <laughs> but like in, in China, that's an actual thing. Apparently, yeah. And it does going to yeah, affect China, your ability real. to like get on a train or not, or rent a car or get it, get credit or buy things in, you know, whatever Alibaba. Man, yeah, you just I mean, said, when you just said cut the, cut the sensor out of the shirt, I had a flashback to reading Huckleberry Finn as a kid. Mm-hmm. And maybe I guess Tom's Huckleberry Finn was like the uh, Tom Sawyer. His mom used to sew his shirt shut. Yeah. When he hit the shirt collar shut when he would go to school so that he couldn't like go down to the crick and skinny dip. Exactly. And, you know, skip yeah. school. And it's like somehow that yeah. those so two he, things so just he connected. Started, yeah. And he started taking needle and thread with him. Right. And she, bust, and she busted him because he used the wrong color thread. Wrong color day. thread. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That, that was Tom Sawyer, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Huck Finn was his like weird like we're raised by wolves friend. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, the, it, that's funny. That connection It's anyway, <laughs> the, like, what is it? What would they, ha- what, what would the, they're great at this. Obviously the government seems to be great at this. Like, 
Well, see, here's my imagination. I feel like it. I feel like some people must not like this. And I, I mean, Chinese citizens. I, I I feel like some of them because there's so many people. Somebody's got to be not yeah, cool you, with you this. You can't. You can't have that many people and have all of them be on board with it. Yeah, it's just like statistically impossible. I would think. Mm-hmm. So what? But what are they? What are their options, if any? I mean, right. you always have options. Like the and the option might be horrible. Like, well, you I mean, can either yeah, put this uniform on, or you can be deported or put to death, or like yeah, there's I mean, some I guess option. The option. I guess the option is to leave China. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. So, like, is there any like could I? It's I mean, sh- surely they could do something that would be um, radical enough that either the population or like a significant enough chunk of the population would, I don't know, react negatively to it or take some action mm-hmm. or the international community would, would say, Hey, this is a, this is some kind of human rights violation. Right. Right. But I don't know, like is, is surveillance is 24 hour constant surveillance. Is that like, is privacy a human right? I, I think it's established that no, it is not. I think mm. it has been legally established in the United States that privacy is not a human right. And if you if you read, I haven't read a lot about it, but I've read a little bit, mostly because of this show. And in many cultures, privacy doesn't exist at all. Like, yeah, I think probably I've read a bunch of stuff from Cory Doctor about this, and he has he's like, you know, he'll an example of something in in at least. Uh, I don't want to speak too generally, but I know a lot of people who don't want their kids to be in the room when they're practicing making new kids, so to speak. <laughs> Yes. And, uh, and that's actually not the case. And for the majority of human history, the kids were in the room while the new kids were being made. And that's just, there was no privacy. Everybody lived in the same room. Too bad. And you lived in a village with 100 or 150 people and everybody knew everybody's business. There's no privacy. Mm-hmm. There was no privacy. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think it's a uniquely American thing. Not uniquely. I shouldn't say it like that. It's it's sure, certainly seems like a very American thing that people get all, yeah. especially like my grandparents' generation, the sort of World War II folks, mm-hmm. like boomers and their parents were like, were like, I'll be damned if the government's going to look through my blah, 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 you know? Right. And, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I, I've only lived in the United States, really. You know, I've been, I've traveled, but I haven't lived too many other places outside the U.S. And it's like... uh and I've certainly never had these kind of conversations with people from outside the U.S. It'd be interesting to hear from folks if you are outside the U.S. to like get at us on Twitter. Yeah, and in, in particular, I think I think Asian countries in particular have a much different view on this than like European and American it, countries I, do. I get. I would think. I would think. I mean, having having visited Tokyo, it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's dramatically different than being in the United States. I mean, there's like no comparison. It's very different from the United States. So you have to imagine that translates into all sorts of cultural norms and what's acceptable, mm-hmm. what's not acceptable. And I was listening to someone the other day. I'm, I'm sort of curious about like the the rate of, of not adoption, but the rate, the rate of pushiness, the, ra- the rate of pushing. Because I, I was just listening to someone the other day talk about how this is kind of dark. I didn't want to go there, but let's just say, you know, his premise was that if you lived in Germany in the forties, you would have been a Nazi, like almost for sure. Right. Yeah. I've, I've heard this argument before. Right. And it's not like, it's not like they knock on your door one day and say like all at once, here's what we're going to do. Right. It's more like, um, 
it's more like, well, first we're going to do that. You just keep pushing the boundaries. You push the boundary, then mm-hmm. you wait till it becomes normal. You push the boundary, and then you wait till it feels normal. You push the boundary, wait till it feels normal. Push the boundary, wait till it feels normal. Everybody's doing it. Yeah. This is creeping me out a little. Yeah. Right. And so, But now here's the thing that's interesting. This is why I bring it up. I didn't even want to bring that up, but here's why. Um, because in this situation with the the just increasing capability and innovation in the tech space to to institute surveillance at scale over a billion people, it now becomes like economically affordable. I can remember having episodes years ago where like it's now economically feasible to put radios and sensors and actuators in a doorknob. Mm-hmm. It's like an extra 10 cents for a $24 doorknob. You yeah, might as well. You can- now you can put two chips in a kid's an, or an item of kids' clothing that they're going to outgrow in six months. And it's no big deal, and it doesn't even change the price of the outfit. Right. So, so what <laughs> happens? So, like, you, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was, I was just I was just joking. I said I was I was actually just telling Richard this morning that I've just like I've started ordering all of my electronic components off of, from China off of eBay because it's like two cents. <laughs> right. So the, the here's what I'm thinking is like. Before, when it was more expensive and it took longer for new stuff to work, mm-hmm. there's this automatic um, buffer or there's this automatic like uh, throttle on what the government could sort of like roll out. And I don't want to say push on people, but make it, you know, roll out, let's say. Mm-hmm. So, you know, oh, we're going to roll out CCTV. We're going to roll out this. We're going to roll out that. But now that the innovation cycle is so fast, I wonder if the ability to roll out new stuff will happen faster than the the population's acceptance of acceptance it. Acceptance of it, right? Like, yeah. like they don't wait as long in between, you know, because they're like, oh well, the the neck implants are ready. Whenever you guys want to go for it, and then be right. like, hmm, how long do we need to wait until these school uniforms feel like normal? Yeah, before we can before we can implant them. Yeah, and like, I, I mean, Cory Doctorow is like twenty years ahead of us on this conversation. I mean, he's <laughs> like he's been talking about this for years, and he's like, okay, um, let's say you have these amazing prosthetic legs that you can't afford because they cost more than a house. Right. Uh, so what do you do? You get a loan. Okay. What happens if you uh, miss a loan payment? Do they not work? Do they, do they walk re- you to the bank? Your, do they repossess your legs? Do they yeah. get up and walk off without you? Yeah. Do they just stop working in the middle of whatever yeah. you're doing? Um, but that And that sounds sort of dramatic and like far future, but all right, pacemaker. Let's say something, let's say there's a, let's say there's a, an exploit in a pacemaker. Mm-hmm. Now what? You know, it's like, oh, well, you know, the firmware was corrupt and uh, we put in this new awesome feature that broadcasts your uh, heart rate over email to your doctor so they can check up on you automatically. But it turns out there was a back door and hackers from uh, wherever Belarus can now now just shut shut them off or or double the pace. Yeah. Didn't Chrysler have an issue a couple of years ago where their vehicles could be hacked? I think that happened recently. Over the air. Yeah, there was an over-the-air car hack. I don't remember who's who. I'm pretty sure it was Chrysler because it was right about the time we bought our our town and country. Like, mm-hmm. huh. <laughs> wonder. <laughs> yeah, and some of those are some of them are a little bit, um, you know, some of that some of that like DefCon stuff is a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have physical access to the car first. It's like, well, how are you right. going to do that on the highway? But but this particular one, if it's the same one I'm thinking of, was like a remote 
hack right. you just have you to be shut close off enough the car. to it. Yeah, and I think you just have to be. I think you just have to be close enough to it. And it was like you could. I don't know if you could shut off the car, but you could shut off the brakes. <laughs> well, that's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> that was my thought. Yeah, yeah. As soon as you put Wi-Fi in a car or Bluetooth, uh-huh. you're like, okay, broadcasting a connection. Yeah, it's wild. Come at me. <laughs> <laughs> Come at me, bro. Uh, Hold uh, my beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, dear listener, we just wanted to bring you the latest update in the um, sort of black mirror uh life imitating art edition yeah every everything we've done trd this year has been black mirror related I, it's like how are they gonna stay it's weird it's like everything it's the i feel like the core message here is like things are happening so fast you can't even imagine them fast yeah, enough. stuff's getting stuff's getting weird yeah like stuff that's stuff that's not um it's almost like they could put out an episode that everyone would be like that's not feasible and then like 18 months later, it's a, it's in product development. Right. You know, and even, even the, uh, the author of uh, ready player one, he's like, like, they better yeah. hurry up and put this movie out because it's not going to be it's science be fiction. Historical fiction. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, maybe we should do a, maybe on a, a sort of more fun, less bleak episode for next time mm-hmm. might be a, a TRD book review. Okay. Um, I'm cheating though because I'm already halfway through the book I'm going to recommend. Oh, okay. Which is uh, iRobot. Have you have you ever actually read it? I have not actually read it now. Yeah. So I'm reading it now. It's a super easy read. It's real fun. Okay. And it's uh, geez, I, I I'm gonna guess 60s, late 60s. It came out, although yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah, I believe it did. I've, but, I've read several. I've read several other of Asimov's books, but I haven't actually read iRobot. Yeah, it's really easy to read. It's basically short mm-hmm. stories that are knit together with this over overlying narrative, like this uh, female, uh, what is she? She's sort of like a founder of a robotics company, United right. States Robots and Mechanical Men, it's called. And it's sort of her being interviewed by someone and sort of thinking back to these different, different things that, things that happened in the history yeah. of robotics. And people, if you if you don't remember the name iRobot, you will remember the th- first the the three laws of robotics, yes. which have been coming up a lot lately. Yes, we've talked about them on the show before. Mm. So I I wanted to read that, and I've got it on my brand spanking new Kindle paperwork, which I'm actually in love with. Nice, super fun device. Uh, doesn't beep at all, <laughs> <laughs> and I can read Did it in the, the dark. Waterproof one. I don't know because my body is not waterproof i do not go in water so it is Ah, totally irrelevant to me okay but um but yeah i don't know if it's waterproof but it definitely doesn't beep and it has a backlight that's very nice and Uh i can so i can read it in the dark quietly and adjust the text size because my reading vision is deteriorating rapidly yes so want to do want to do a yeah yeah we can do that i've i've been looking for something to read so yeah, it's fun. It's it's short. It's fun. It's good. Yeah, we can we can do a book club next week. Cool. I will I will give it a read this weekend. <laughs> awesome. While I'm building while I'm building a, a army of my own. <laughs> yeah, we should talk about that too. Yeah. Um, all right, folks. That's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you join us again next time for Terrifying Robot Dog. Bye. Bye.
Aflac. <laughs> <laughs> uh.